Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs on clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. This is part two of our conversation with Anita Schnee. Anita is a Feldenkrais practitioner. And if you find yourself hearing this saying, Felden what? (laughs) I'll refer you to part one of our conversation with Anita. She did a beautiful job describing the Feldenkrais work and helping us to understand why it is so very useful for those of us who have horses in our lives. I've been exploring the Feldenkrais work now for decades, and I find that it's an invaluable part of my teaching. I weave it into so many of the lessons that I share with people, and I certainly weave it into my own work with my horses. In this episode, Anita is going to share a short awareness through movement lesson. She picked this particular lesson because it's so compatible with the handling techniques that I teach. If you want soft hands on a lead or a rein, this is a fabulous lesson. If you want to stroke your horse with your hand and really be able to listen through the whole of your being, not just through your fingertips, but the whole of your being, this is, again, a fabulous lesson. So let me get you ready for this podcast. Last week, we said that this is not a recording to listen to while you are driving. And we really do mean that. If you are driving or you're doing some other activity that needs part of your attention, press the pause button. Listen to something else and come back to this episode later when you can really enjoy it and get the full benefit of it. So, if you're still listening, I'm going to assume that you're in a quiet space where you can give your attention to this lesson. We're going to ask you to lie down on your back. If lying on your back is not comfortable, you can sit in a chair, but lying down is really the best way to experience this lesson. So, find a a surface that you can lie down on, and you may want uh, a support for your head. You don't want anything too thick, just a, a folded up towel or a thin blanket. That's really all you need. You don't probably need a pillow or anything of that sort. The awareness through movement sessions are not intended as a workout. Do not think of this like exercise where you're going to be sweating and building muscles. You aren't trying to push yourself past your limits, and you're certainly not trying to push through discomfort. If something feels hard, do less, which I know it can be really, really hard for all the overachievers who are listening to this, but this work is about subtlety. It's not about pushing harder. So if you have aches and pains that need protecting, take care of yourself. You can create change 
just by imagining the movements that Anita is going to be guiding us through. So again, this is not forceful exercise. This is not a workout. This lesson is for awareness. It's for helping us to be better communicators with our horses. And what I have found is my horses very much appreciate the time that I spend in these explorations. And I know that because they reinforce me with rides. They really make me smile. So with that as the preface, let's return now to our session with Anita. So relax and enjoy. You are in for a treat. So I wonder if if rather than talking around the edges of it, if what we should do at this point is, Anita, is to have you share with us a short Feldenkrais session. Absolutely. And, Love it. And, and we should say in advance of this, because I know that many people listen to podcasts when they're driving. Um, this, if, if you are now driving, you want to turn this part of the podcast off, listen to something else, come back to it when you are no longer driving, or if pull over to into a, a lay-by, into a, a parking lot somewhere where you, you're nice and safe, turn off your car and, and listen to and participate in the podcast, but don't drive and Feldenkrais at the same time. <laughs> would, that, would that be reasonable advice? I think reasonable. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and by the way, I mean, even if you don't do the movement, if you just start to listen to the words, you could start to fall under the influence of the the change in your nervous system. So it's still not safe just to listen and drive. Please. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Reserve this for a time when you can lie down or sit quietly and do nothing else. Yes, very important. So the the work is done always in the realm of ease and comfort. So find a place where you will be in that condition. Please make sure you'll be warm enough because the movement is so small. And if you're lying on the floor, sometimes that can be um, get to be a little bit cold. You need to stay comfortable. And if you want to do it seated, that's, that's great too. We'll just um, try to remember to give you the instructions appropriate to that. And let's begin. So first, please close your eyes and just see what starts to come to your physical attention when you do that. You remove this huge stimulation of the, what you see and what comes to you. The tools that we use in the work are principally connecting with gravity in various different ways. So feel how that is. What is connecting you with gravity at the moment? How do you feel that strong click of connection? And the other really important tool is just the awareness of breathing. So bring your attention to your breath. Just let your breath be as it wants to be. There's lots of pauses, lots of silence. 
And now bring your attention to the hand that you don't use a lot, your non-dominant hand. So if you're a lefty, that would be your right hand and vice versa. Feel how your hand is resting on whatever surface it's, it is at the moment. And notice that if your hand is really quiet, there's a shape to it. There's space underneath your palm. Your hand makes this really graceful, beautiful curve. And now, whatever else you're touching, like if you're lying down, your elbow against the floor, or if you're seated, there's like maybe a connection through your forearm with your side, increase the pressure a little bit and then release it. And that's all you do. And if I were looking at you, I wouldn't be able to see you doing this. So you add just a little bit of effort and then you let it go. And then you add and let it go. But pause in between. So you pause, you add, pause in that position and then let it go and pause again and repeat. And now increase that work, tiny bit of work, a little bit more so your hand can start to respond. And do it in such a way that your fingertips remain on the supporting surface. That could be your leg if you're seated or on the floor, that would be your fingertips stay in contact with the floor. Notice that when you do this, the space underneath your palm side increases, gets bigger as you increase the pressure and then con contracts a little bit gently, compresses a little bit when you let it go. And again, repeat that practice of pause, act, pause, act, pause. Keep your wrist very soft and check to see that the shape your palm and your hand is making is like if you were to pick up a coffee cup by the rim. So it's a very round shape you're making and pay attention to the big strong muscle um, connecting your thumb to your palm, keep that very soft. So you add the pressure, your fingertips start to slide, your wrist rises very softly, pause, and then slowly let the effort go. The space underneath your palm lessens and lessens and lessens. Rest, and then let's pause at this point. And then do the same thing with the other side. So you begin to increase the pressure with your forearm or your elbow. You can start to feel your fingers slide and just do the very beginning at first, just the very whisper of movement through your fingertips. And then slowly, slowly, slowly increase that so your wrist rises and you make the coffee cup shape. Your fingertips stay in contact, pause at the top of the movement, and then very slowly let it go out. The space underneath your palm gets a little bit gently compressed and a couple more repetitions with this hand. And then rest, take a pause. And in the pauses, just send your attention throughout yourself. See what you feel, if anything comes 
more prominently to you. Just notice that. And now come back to the original hand, the first hand, and we'll do the exact same movement, but this time we're going to really be emphasizing the letting go, the end of the work, the release. So do the movement. So you, your wrist rises, your fingertips slide a tiny bit, and then as you come down, compresses the space in between your palm very gently. When you really feel yourself land and you really give over to gravity, could you feel that your wrist softens? And then do another repetition, tiny little one, doesn't have to be big at all. And then the next time you come down and settle, there it is, I gave my weight to gravity, the wrist and the forearm soften and rest. And then again, and on the way back down, slowly release that moment when you really give over, could you invite your upper arm also to get very soft and, and rest. And then do the beginning of the movement again. And on the release down, when you really feel your weight give, how about your shoulder? Tip of your shoulder, front of your shoulder, shoulder blade, really let that shoulder blade participate in that rest. And then the next one, send that giving up, that giving over to the back of your neck into your human pole, which is about ear height where your skull becomes your neck. Really soften there. And then the next movement, bring that rest at the end of it to your tongue. And then next one into your eye on that side. And then the next one, have the feeling maybe that your scalp could slide towards your ears, just kind of melt downward towards your ears and then let it go, stop and pause, rest. And then we'll do the same sequence with the other hand. And maybe this time you don't need me to talk so much because you know what to do the tiny beginning of the movement, and then you just let the resting place pull all the way through your arm and into your torso, neck, jaw, tongue, eyes, scalp. and then bring that to a close and take another pause. Now bring one palm, doesn't matter which, put it on your midsection and put your other palm on the back of that hand. So for those of you who know Alex's work, this is grownups. And begin a movement, remembering the dome shapes, a very gentle curve in your hands. Just start to separate your hands. Just let your top hand slide along your bottom hand. Both hands are moving a tiny bit away from each other. Pause, and then slide your hands back to where you started, and then land. And remember that process of the, the landing place really can pull outwards 
from your hands all the way through your whole self and do a couple like that. Just really enjoying the skin to skin contact, the sort of silky feeling that your skin can communicate to your whole being actually really. And then just switch hands, bring the other hand on top. Notice it's a really different thing, isn't it? You wouldn't think, but it is. Maybe you can feel the warmth of that hand on the back of the other hand and do the same movement in this very gentle dome, sliding your hands away from each other and toward each other. And then gently and slowly bring your hands to a resting place. You can stay in grown-ups like you, with your hands stacked on yourself if you like, or you can bring your hands back down and we'll just pause a little bit longer. So maybe now you might be able to feel that pool of light that I mentioned um, with the candle. Maybe you can feel how that actually works in your own experience of yourself. And remember that we first checked in with your connection with gravity. So feel how that is now. Maybe something has changed there. You need to notice that if it has. And connect with the movement of your breathing. And then just take one last moment to just let your attention wash through your whole self sort of like an explorer, just running through yourself, checking up on feet, knees, lower back. How are you doing now? And then slowly come back and thank you. That was lovely. And it's, it's an interesting experience for me because I'm so used to doing these sessions where I'm lying down on the floor. And so to do one where I'm sitting, it's like, oh, I want to do this later when I listen to this again, where I can be lying down. This is the a session that you shared with us at the recent uh, rope handling clinic that we did, a virtual clinic. And I just loved it because it's so, so appropriate for any of the body work where you're building those skills of gentle rope handling and the liberty work, really, really important. People do very odd things with their, with particularly with their wrists that make the, a very different experience for the horse. But before, before we go into that at all, if we indeed we do go into that. So Dominique, what, do you have any uh, comments, feedback? What, what would you say? Well, I liked, uh, I really liked the part where you had me, you said, have your shoulder blade, which for me is always a very tense part of my body, participate in the release of the wrist. For me, that was really interesting because it seems far away and it did participate and it felt good. So yeah, to, to, because we, to, to feel the connections between a body part that seems a little bit far away to have it participate in the release. I like that, those words. Wonderful. Yeah, it's, well, overall, it was very relaxing, that's for sure. Um, and your voice, <laughs> your voice is very relaxing, but um, I really enjoyed it. And the, the sneaky thing about 
sneaky. But one of the things about this work is, you know, when, particularly when you come back, what what was the, one of the expressions that Feldenkrais had that often people get up like they're racing to catch a train <laughs> instead of instead of just enjoying taking the time to reintegrate and enjoy. But even when you get up and you race off as though you're, you're you've got a train to catch, what's so interesting is that later you may suddenly feel a difference. It just says when I got to the barn the other day, and, and I'd been doing other things in between, but when I got to the barn and I was doing the evening barn chores, it was suddenly like, I just want to walk. It just felt so good to walk. And that was a direct result of having done the session several hours earlier. So you may not feel right away anything, really. It's like, well, that was nice. That was relaxing. And then who knows what experience you may have later in the day or the next time you're working your horse or the next time you, you stroke your, your cat or your dog or uh, you pick up a lead rope and, and the experience just is different. That's, uh, th that's why I really enjoyed that last um, gesture because students, your students are going to be doing grownups a lot. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. And, and if, if before they even start the training session, if they could just remember that gesture of like super slowly separating your hands and then bringing them back, changing hands and bring them back, that is, um, that's memory. Then your system will hark back, oh yes, I remember how I felt. Now I'm going to bring that gentle, soft, in, in the way I inhabit myself, now I'm going to bring that to the lead rope, to the horse, whatever I'm doing. It's, it's um, yeah, it, it's a way of, again, the loop, the loop, it, the image of the loop comes back. The more you can recreate the loop, the memory loop of, I remember how that felt, here's the gesture, now I'm going to bring that in. The more you do that, the more reliable the work will be to stay with you in whatever activity you're doing. I, I mean, it happened to me the other day. How many times have I climbed stairs in my life? And, and this one time it was like, wait, what am I doing with my right hip there? That's not necessary. That's like, what, 35 years of Feldenkrais practice. It's still, still happening. So I think the process is really unending, really. It, it can just open up and expand in unpredictable ways but are, that are always interesting and beneficial. I think too that to become more aware um, of the tiniest movement, no wonder the horses like it because they are aware of our, of, of tiniest movement, ours. And so very often it feels like people are screaming at their horses because they're using all these big movements while our horses really are very aware of the smallest movements we do. So I think, you know, I'm not surprised that the horses react to this work. Yeah, I like it when Cindy, um, Cindy Martin, who's one of Alex's um, trainers, is that right to say, Alex? Yes. Yep. Um, she's, she, we, she and I talk often and, and um, sometimes I work with her horses and her, and she says, well, I mean, we all know this, right? The, a fly lands on a horse's flank 
and the horse, you know, does that little shaking thing to get the fly off. They can feel a fly landing on them. Those huge animals can feel a fly landing. I mean, that just speaks volumes to me. And they have the body control to shake just those, that little part of themselves that dislodges that fly. Amazing. So, so yeah, they, they are, they are extraordinary mirrors for how we are in our bodies. So if we are stiff and unrefined, the movement that we get back from our horses is stiff and unrefined. And the more we explore graceful movement, connected movement in our own selves, then the more we see that reflected back in our horses. And, and we, we watched a video of one of your students, Alex, and she was able to change her whole way of being in one week. We saw that develop in one week, that she, she found her balance in a more structural and, and over her skeletal column. And the difference was just astonishing. So it yes. doesn't have to take 35 years, just in my case, sometimes it does. But, but it can be really, that, and that's the good news. In no matter, I mean, remember, I started out like really in bed, you know, and with this process, anything is, and I don't want to oversell. The, the possibilities are pretty limitless. So that's the good news. And if you find yourself with an injury and stiff and cranky, the brain is a marvelous, marvelous organ. Incredible what the brain can do if, if treated well. And I think that's true for horses too, right? That's right. You know, I have a friend of mine who um, he likes to train and he hurts himself sometimes. And he's been raving about this physiotherapist to me for years. And it was always very mysterious the way he talked to me about this physiotherapist. But now I'm pretty sure that this physiotherapist must borrow from Feldenkrais because my friend, the way he explained it to me, he kept saying to me, you know, he reawakens connections between my brains and certain muscles. And I may not be saying it properly, but I don't know. It seems to me like there's a similarity in the, in, in the, um, the process. Is, is that possible? Are there a lot of physiotherapists, you think, who would borrow from the Feldenkrais method? Oh, um, Dominique, I love that question because... Um, when I did my training, um, it seemed like a huge number of the students were, were PTs, we call them here, physical, okay. physical therapists, and boy, did they have a hard time, because oh. it's a paradigm shift. I mean, they, oh. they are trained rigorously in anatomy and sort of biomechanics and all kinds of ways of thinking about how to help people recover. They do great work and have lots of contributions, but to me, the essence of the Feldenkrais work, which is so mysterious, is really hard for them to, to make that shift. So if oh. there is a is if there is a, a physiotherapist who has made that shift, fabulous, fabulous. Well, and apparently he's a very highly praised physiotherapist here in Montreal, and sports people go to him, and yeah. So well, you have the incredible. I I there is a practitioner named Yvonne Jolie. 
He's one of my heroes and he's in Montreal. Yep, Montreal or Quebec. I can't remember which, but maybe they have had some uh, encounters with Yvonne. Or maybe that's him because I don't remember the name that my friend told me. Oh, but, he's a marvelous yeah. person. He's a, um, he had um, therapy background. He was a um, psychologist, which is just a great <laughs> combination because, you know, emotions are seated in the body and the brain just like everything else. So he brings a wonderful humanity to his work. But again, I love Alex that you emphasize this is not therapy. It is not, I mean, it works like that and it's magical in the way it helps us become sound again. But to me, the real excitement is the opening of the possibilities in life, way more than just three choices, you know? Mm -hmm. Because again, you have these tools that are so, so powerful. This, this ability we all have to marry linear thinking, analytical thinking, and this magical world of in, inhabiting nonverbal, more artistic, more musical, more rhythmic, more way of being in the world. Oh, it's just so exciting, so beautiful, way more than recovering from an injury, all, as important as that is. Mm. And that, you know, that may be, be what brings somebody to the Feldenkrais work. Uh, they've had an injury and they've heard that, you know, this person who's a Feldenkrais practitioner might be able to help them. And so they, they take their creaky back into. Well, it was uh, true for you, Anita. I mean, that's exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's just, it, it, now that it's sitting where I am, I'm going, Oh, I wish um, people didn't have to go through that um, injury process to find Feldenkrais. Well, in a way, it's true, too, of positive reinforcement very often. People come to it because they want to solve a problem. And then once they discover all the potential, they use it just to create what they want in their lives. It's no longer about um, suppressing what they don't like or, you know, solving a problem. They just want to create something with their animal that is a joy and um, it's, it becomes a way of life, not just a problem solver. Yes. Yes. I love to listen to Susan Friedman for that reason, that that, that linkage is so clear between the world that she envisions and, and, and teaches how to create. And the Feldenkrais work and the Alex Alex work, it's uh, everything is everything else. It's one of the images because it, you know I've been looking at this work for decades now, and you think, oh well, you know you should move on, look at something else. And it's, yeah, but it's endless. It's, it's mm -hmm. there's there's no point at which you say, well, I've mastered that, I've learned everything I need to know about that, so move on. It's like no, this is it's a it's an endless treasure hunt. And I always think of, I mean, there's several images that we've used over the years. It's one of them is it's like peeling an onion and you peel one layer of the onion and it reveals the layer underneath and you just keep peeling these layers and you can't, you can't get to the inner layers until you've peeled the outer layers. And, and so you can't go there. You can't get to the core directly. You have to keep peeling the, the layers and peeling the layers. And that's been a, an image that has worked. And then another one that I've always really liked is that of you've got this key that unlocks a door and you open the door and inside is this filled with treasures that you can explore. And, and so you explore all these treasures in this room. And then as you, as you look at them and explore them and discover what they can do for you, you see that there's another door 
And, and lo and behold, because you've, you've explored these treasures, you have in your hand the key that unlocks this next door. And you unlock that door and it reveals another room of treasures. And you just keep exploring these treasures, but you can't get to the inner rooms directly. You have to go, you have to explore room by room by room, learning something of what each of these rooms has to offer before you can open the door to the next layer. And that's so much what horse training is about. You know, when I when people come to the work and they're brand new to the work, I did recently, I've done several uh, getting started clinics, uh, virtual clinics, and I think people who are truly brand new, it's like, wow, you have, you're at the beginning of this huge journey. And of course, they're very naive in the, at that point of, well, it's just about getting orders to touch a target. How hard can that be? It's like, oh, you have no idea how come, <laughs> what all is involved in that. But, you know, within the simplicity, there is, oh, so many layers that you can explore. And there are things that we talk about, which I'm sure just sound like blah, 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 that just sort of go in one ear and out the other, because initially, some the people are not going to have a framework, a structure, points of reference, whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it, to make sense of some of what we're talking about. And that would be very true, I think, of the Feldenkrais work, that there are times when, when you're first, particularly first encountering it, and you're thinking, how can you be working on my foot when it's my lower back that's, that's in agony? This revealing of the layers and the exploration of the layers, it's a process and you can't go directly to the answer, uh, an answer. You explore process and answers appear and more questions open up. Mm-hmm. And the conversation just keeps going. That's beautiful, Alex. Yes. And you know what it reminds <laughs> me too of? If you've ever seen the Mandelbrot set, this is, oh boy. This is, I don't know how in the world you get from mathematics to a graphic that shows. But the Mandelbrot set is like, if you picture a cauliflower, that, that uh, image of the cauliflower as okay. being the whole thing. And then you break it down and it's this kind of the same shape, but in miniature. Yes. The Mandelbrot set just goes deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper and it's infinite. It's just very, it's actually a little bit disorienting to think about, but coastlines apparently follow Mandelbrot shape and, and cauliflower okay. or, or like if you, you've seen those, um, the picture of leaf uh, and the vascular um, system of yes. the leaf, yes. Sim- it's the similar kind of thing. So the, the basic, you know, when we're doing the, the work, we're often generally, if, you, if your body can tolerate it, you're lying on the floor comfortably. You're taking gravity out of the equation, gravity as we normally encounter gravity in terms of standing. And the movements are very small, very subtle. This is not exercise. You know, it's not a workout. It's not to lose weight. <laughs> It's not, it's, not, it's not exercise 
what I, through my marathon session, I'm feeling so much fitter than I was, you know, 10 days ago, whenever I started this marathon. And I feel as though if I wanted to do yoga, Pilates, Tai Chi, whatever, that I would, as a result of these sessions, I would be well prepared for them, for doing that. It has certainly made a difference in terms of riding. Definitely. I can feel that lovely transformation, um, which I really appreciate and which is reinforcing for me. So, you know, it's whatever reasons people want to explore the Feldenkrais work, there is something of, there, there is great value to be found. And there are reinforcers, I think, for everyone. So my question is, if somebody is interested in learning more about the Feldenkrais work, how would they go about it? The internet is full by this time, especially after the pandemic, of um, practitioners who have offerings, some of them free, some of them paid. Um, it's, a, it's, a great, it's great fun to romp around and see the name, how to spell the name is always an issue. You would not necessarily know that, but as long as you, I think maybe if you, if you put in Felden, F-E-L-D-E-N-K, that might get you there. So that's one option. I myself offer, as you mentioned, Alex, um, twice monthly sessions over Zoom. And um, also I offer the recordings. So will you put my email in the show notes maybe? Yes. Yeah, yes, and if people definitely. want to get in touch with me, that'd be great. I'd love, I love, love Alex's students to come because it's just uh, astonishing how um, open and eager they are. I love that. So those are just two of the many options. You can go all the way from dabbling to, like I did, becoming a practitioner. Um, if you look at the Guild website, it has information about that. And also, um, there, there are... Many people um, come across it in the media. The media lately has just been doing really great articles, one in the Washington Post, one in the New York Times, Jane Brody. <laughs> I love that one because she starts off by saying, yeah, this new age stuff, no, I'm not interested. All these years as the New York Times health writer. And then she finally did one and, and writes about how wonderful it was. That was really cool. She has mm. back problems, unfortunately. Well, I love the sessions that you do, the Zoom sessions that you do, and I would highly recommend those. So if people are interested, they can contact you. And if, uh, if they can't find it through the show notes, if uh, we'll put your email address in. And if someone forgets, you can always contact me and I can get them in contact with you um, directly. So Great. really fun. I just, want, I just want to tell people, listen, if you study Alex's work, then you come to me because, because I am eating up Alex's work and really that feedback into the Feldenkrais work, I think is pretty unique that, I mean, it's, in, it's always implicit in the Feldenkrais work, but honestly, the leaps and bounds I feel I've made in the past years come directly from Alex's thinking and the exposure that I get through this podcast to um, these wonderful resources. So it's a little bit special that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it's a nice feedback loop because I know that my teaching has benefited from my connection with you 
And I love that it loops back, <laughs> no pun intended, and is definitely connected back into the Feldenkrais work. So very neat. So very thank neat. You. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh. And hopefully people will give it a try. Yes, I hope so. It's just such fun talking with you like this. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's just been great. You thank you, Anita. Okay, we thought we were done. But of course, we do continue talking even after we have concluded the podcast. And what we discovered was indeed there was more to be said. So here is the rest of the conversation. It's fun. It was a great idea to do the practical session. You know, that's different from too from what we've done in the past. And it's yeah. like, uh, and it really gives people a good idea of what it is because otherwise it is pretty mysterious. Yes. And, and of course, we should say that, though we have finished the podcast, but the, there, that's only one type of uh, interaction. There's also the hands-on, the direct hands-on in Feldenkrais work as well. Right. Ah, yeah. yeah, you could say that in your comments. Yeah, do. Yeah. Well, um, we could add that in right now. We so, could. Oh, so let's yeah. add that in right now. I I can I can add it. Oh, <laughs> so, the magic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there are the ATM sessions that are like the ones that that we just you just shared with us. So they're auditory. You're following auditory instructions. And one of the things that was interesting in the instructions is people know that one of my good friends is Anne Edie, and Anne is blind. And she made the comment to me at one point. She said, "But you don't understand. I I don't." You know, it's hard for me because I don't see what we're supposed to do. I just have to follow the words. And I said, but Anne, we don't see it either. Because when you're going through the instructions, you're not showing us what to do. You're giving us some nudges, some information through the words, but you're leaving it up to us to each individual to interpret. And if somebody goes really far astray, if you say, you know, please stand your, your, your feet, and somebody who's brand new to this work says, what does that mean? You'll give them a little nudge in terms of that means bend your knees and you know, you're lying on the floor, bend your knees so your feet are, so your knees are bent and, and, you're, and you're and Well, up the taking a cup of coffee, you know, was, was a pretty, for me, explicit image. Yeah, but you know, by the rim, taking but, the cup of coffee by Anita, the rim. Anita's not demonstrating it. No, no. So she's demonstrating, she's illustrating it only with her words. Right. But but we are not trying to mimic and mirror her. and match what Anita's doing. So we're not, yeah. we're not. Uh, there uh, are many uh, ways to take a cup of coffee by the rim. Right. That's right. So we've got our eyes closed and we're not periodically, you know, peeking out and saying, oh, she just moved her arm up over her head. I should move my hand up over my head. So so there's that form of the Feldenkrais sessions. So why did you call it ATM session? What do you mean by that? Awareness through movement. ATM. Oh. And that's another thing. You know, immediately people think, oh, that's where I go get money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so awareness through movement. So that's one form of session. And then the other? That one is called 
in the trade, FI, which stands for functional integration. And Moshe had some mathematical thing in mind, God knows what that was, but that's what we call it is functional integration. And that is hands-on. So of course, over the pandemic, that was severely restricted, but under normal circumstances, many Feldenkrais practitioners will offer that way of doing the work. And that is what you would picture as like the relationship in a massage, except that there's no need to take clothes off in Feldenkrais, but it's one-on-one -on -one with the practitioner and the practitioner puts hands on, much the way Alex described what Linda did with her. So there are those two ways to go. The awareness through movement is highly economical compared to the, the price that um, you would get <clears throat> uh, a private session with. So that's one reason that I, I myself really love this work is that it's just more broadly available to those who might not be able to afford 85 to $150 an hour. Um, but the other thing about it is, and this was the decisive thing when I was looking um, way back and trying to decide what I wanted to do, the awareness through movement to me, I just extremely respect it because it is giving the person the experience that they don't have to depend on anybody, that they can have this experience in and of themselves. They don't have to keep running to a practitioner. They can just do these auto auditory um, lessons. And it's just, I mean, to think that I myself could create this in and of myself is, is part of the magic to me and part of the power of it. It's empowering in the most fundamental way. So I'm a huge fan of ATM. And really, my practice is pretty much ATM at this point, almost all. But I, I also like the functional integrations connection to the horse work. My experience of it was, it was really a series of questions. You know, so it, it wasn't that someone so much was moving me, but was, you know, you'd have this, this point where something would feel stuck, that there would be some tension. And it was always a question of, what could you find? What could you release that would allow your shoulder to move? Not, here, let me crank your shoulder around. And, and there was this waiting and listening for the answer. And that really informed the rope handling to a very great extent, where you slide down a lead rope and you find that place where there is a question where your horse is not moving as you might as you might wish, but you've slid down to a point of connection, to a point of question, and you wait, and you wait, and you listen for that moment when the horse finds what they could release that would allow their body to move. So you are not moving the horse. The horse is moving his own body. And while you're waiting, you are scanning in your own body. What could I release? What could I find that would make my question clearer? And there's the conversation. 
And Dominique, this speaks very much to your question about physiotherapists, because that process is, you have to, you really have to learn how to do it. And if you think like Alex just described with, um, there are two beings involved connected by a lead rope with the, the, the handler and the horse or the practitioner and the person, it's really the same, is that it's a loop, again, that word, between the nervous system of the practitioner and the person or the handler and the horse and the feedback in between. So FI is really analogous. Um, I, I didn't think of that, Alex, because these days I'm just online all, always, but that's really, that's very profound. And, you know, when I think about doing, being the practitioner in FI, now I can think about, well, what is it that we're working with with Alex's students about handlers? I could do that too. And my horse on the table <laughs> will, yes. be, <laughs> will, will give me the answers. Hmm. Yeah. And that, that's why this is work that you don't master in a weekend clinic of, oh, I took the rope handling clinic and now I'm uh, proficient in rope handling. It's like, no, you know, it, it, it is a paradigm shift and it is why it turns riding into such a magical experience because there is that, that conversation that is going on between rider and horse. And, and that's whether you're, you're actually riding, whether you are working in hand via a lead rope, whether you're working at Liberty, it's all the same. It's all the same. It's, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad we remembered to sneak in the, the functional integration. I always want to say functional analysis, but that's behavioral analysis. <laughs> <laughs> so I wish, I wish one day I could learn what much I was thinking about in the math of it. Um, there's something in there that I, I have not ever understood, but, you know, really, maybe it's not so important because the word functional is really focusing on the act. I mean, how are you functioning? What are you doing? And integration is all about that foot to L1 and 2 to head that we were talking about. So it has meaning, but I know he was after something with the math. I can't follow him there. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. someone else. Someone else will, will. Well, it's one of those rooms. I mean, there's a treasure yes. in that room. Oh. So maybe one day you'll get to that room. It's That's right. Math. I, I can't imagine. <laughs> well, you never know. Explore the process. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So there, uh, there are lots of ways of experiencing it. And I think the, the ATM lessons are really powerful because they do allow you to take some ownership of your own process. And I think there's another similarity with, with the clicker training work that I teach in that we want, we, it allows people to become their own trainer and not to be quite so reliant on somebody else fixing their horse. Mm. Um, so, so there are a lot of connections, a lot of similarities there's there's a lot there to be joined up and and appreciated and when you connect i mean because one of the things that i've known for ever kind of thing not is that the way you expand a field is not from within but by bringing in ideas that sit outside of a of a field and so when we bring the feldenkrais work into the horse world 
it expands the horse world. We saw that. I mean, that's what Linda did, Linda Tellington Jones, when uh, Sally Swift brought the Alexander work into the horse world. It changed the horse world. When we brought the work of B.F. Skinner into the horse world, it changed the horse world. So, you know, and it's like, who knows what the next treasure is going to be that somebody is going to be sharing with us that will expand all of our worlds in a good way. And so, yeah, yeah. So we'll just we'll just wish everybody happy expanding into who knows what realms and what exciting realms and and by sharing the work you know by, when we send ripples out you never know who's listening and what repertoire they have where they're going to take these ideas combine them with the repertoire that they have and come up with something that is just incredibly exciting and that's why we do it why we share. So on that note, <laughs> I think we'll say thank you immensely. What a, what a great afternoon. This time we're well and truly finished. If you enjoyed the ATM lesson at the beginning of this episode, remember Anita offers lessons twice a month via Zoom. These sessions are longer. They're full-length ATM sessions. I've put Anita's contact information in the show notes so you can get in touch with her for more information on these sessions. And here's another great way to get even more Feldenkrais sessions. I've made them part of the virtual clinics. Anita has been joining me for many of the clinics. Fine motor control is such an important part of horse handling. And that's in part what horse people mean when they talk about feel. Often when you hear somebody saying, oh, so-and-so has such great feel, it almost seems as though there's a magical aura around that word. You know, that writer is just somehow especially gifted, which implies that the rest of us just aren't, and we should all give up and, and I don't know, go take up knitting or something. But what I know is that feel is not something you're born with. It's something that you develop. And even if your starting point is a lack of coordination and a lack of good balance and a lack of an ability to see detail, much less to know what to do with it, well, all I can say is that's something that can be changed. So I am very delighted that Anita has been joining me for my virtual clinics and that we've been able to share the Feldenkrais work because it really does offer a very accessible way to develop good feel. You can learn more about these virtual clinics at my website, theclickercenter.com. I've got a getting started clinic scheduled for the first part of July. So if you're listening to this around the time that I've published it. That's July 2021. And even if you're very familiar with clicker training, if you've been listening to these podcasts for a long time and you think you've got a really good grasp of clicker training, if you haven't worked with me before, these getting started clinics are a great way to begin. The core handling skills that are components of every lesson moving forward are introduced in this clinic. So check out the clinic schedule, contact Anita about her Feldenkrais sessions, 
and come join us via the internet for one of these clinics. And in the meantime, have fun with your horses. <laughs>